The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everybody, this is Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina, and welcome to another edition of City Quick Connect podcast, Legislative Edition. I have my co-host, Scott Slatton, with me today. Scott, welcome back. Thank you, Casey. It is a pleasure to be back, of course, all, but all not obviously all the way back since I've been isolating in an undisclosed location due to an exposure to COVID-19. Um, and uh, today I'm very pleased um, to have Joni and Erica with us on the pod. Ladies. Hi, Hi guys. Thanks for having us. Hello. So glad to have y'all here. I think this is probably going to need to be a weekly thing. Um, just to well, get every... Get, our, our listener has been asking for it, Casey. Our, asking for some variety. Asking for some different perspectives. So. And listen, I had I, I had ran into another listener, and I'll go ahead and shout out that listener, um, Seth from York. Seth um, Duncan. Seth Duncan. Seth said... Um, you know, Casey, I really, I really like the podcast. I, I want you to go into some in-depth issues. And I was like, well, I mean, keep listening, Seth. It's coming. Once we get there, we'll go in-depth. But yeah. for now. Yeah, we got to have some good, juicy stuff to happen and prepare for uh, to get into a lot of weeds. Uh, the General Assembly just really hasn't gotten into a lot of our weeds yet. So that's they're getting into. Hey, Scott, they're getting into weeds. Just not the kind of, yeah, not the kind of we're talking about right now. Uh, well, wow. Pun intended, Joni. Fantastic. Yes. Joni that's, Nickel coming in hot to the pod. That's that's a tease for our subjects coming up, folks. That's, that's how that exactly works. Right. So let's talk, everybody. Let's just go big picture, and then we'll highlight a bill that um, Erica worked on this week and kind of what happened to it. So the... Last Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the General Assembly had a regular old week. Um, no bad weather kept them from meeting. Um, they are forging ahead despite members being in and out for COVID. Um, they met in regular session. The House took up items on the calendar. They went through the uncontested calendar, the contested calendar. Um, they dealt with stuff all three days last week. They really weren't in session that long. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's kind of what, what they did last week. The Senate last week on Tuesday, they gave the final reading and approval to the certificate of need or the repeal for the certificate of need. Joni, you used to work in, with the medical association. Give us like a minute, let 30 seconds about All certificate right. of need and what that means. All right. So certificate of need is, is an old old piece of legislation that started to prohibit so many hospitals from being placed in, in one area. So what it does, it requires any hospital that wants to build to show that there is a need, hence certificate of need, for that hospital in that area. So obviously hospitals did not want to repeal this because they don't want that competition to go up. Um, while you do have your physicians who would like to have their ambulatory services. So why send a patient to a hospital to do a knee replacement surgery when you can open up a service center and do that in and out and be done? So that is what this piece of legislation does. So it, it, it allows more people to have access to health care by doing a repeal of CON. 
And I think they've tried to do this several times in the past, right? I mean, they've yes. tried to they've tried mm-hmm. to bring this legislation up and it's just never been the right time. But for some reason, this was it. Well, you know, I don't know if it has the pandemic has anything to do with it. Um, obviously, we've seen more of a healthcare need in the last two years than we've ever seen in the state of South Carolina. I mean, all over the world. But um, maybe that is the reason that they saw that actually there is a need for a hospital. If you have the funds to open up an ambulatory services, why should we hold you back? Is what they're saying. So that passed Tuesday, and then on uh, Wednesday, they started debating medical marijuana or the Compassionate Care Act. Its primary sponsor is Senator Tom Davis from the Beaufort Hilton Head Bluffton area. He has been working on this. I heard him last week on the floor say for seven years. Yep. For seven years, he's been yep. working on medical marijuana, legalization of medical marijuana. And I believe, I have not, full disclosure, I have not read the bill top to bottom, cover to cover, but it sounds like it's an extremely strict bill. Um, that would only allow certain types, certain instances, certain ways. I mean, all, all those kinds of things. But that started last Wednesday and they they debated Wednesday and they debated Thursday and then they adjourned Thursday afternoon to continue the debate. Um, if that bill were to pass into law, it would be, according to Senator Davis, the most restrictive marijuana usage, legal marijuana usage law in the country of the 36 or so that are already in place. In fact, Mississippi, uh, Senator Davis has pointed to a couple of times in his remarks, is is on the precipice of passing a marijuana law that would be much, much more uh, lax than what he is proposing to do. So um, he's, during his testimony on Thursday in particular, he well, actually, throughout throughout his his discussions on Wednesday and Thursday, but particularly on Thursday, he went to great lengths to talk about all of the stakeholders that he has tried to pull in and uh, incorporate their suggestions for improving the bill. But ultimately, um, there's going to be a very vocal and probably, I would guess. Uh, majority group of people who will not uh, who will not vote for that bill in the Senate, but we'll just have to see. He's right. got some big hurdles to overcome, uh, particularly from senators in the Upstate. Um, so we'll just you know, despite his best efforts to try and accommodate people, not necessarily accommodate them, but as he says, listen to their concerns and try to address them. Uh, I, I I don't give the bill a lot of chances, but I'm hope, I hope I'm wrong. Well, and Scott, it may be a very lax bill, and it, it is one of the most lax bills out there, but it is so comprehensive in what it does. Um, that So it's going to take a long time for them to fully debate this bill because of all the, the little minute details involved in it. It'll be and one I, of the most strict. You, you said yeah. lax, Joni. It, it'll be one of the most strict bills. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. And I, you know, this week, they're definitely going to stay on it this week. I don't know if there's going to be, you know, if they're going to come to a conclusion on it. Um, but it, and y'all both, I, you know, I'm, I'm talking about these bills, but they also have to go through the house. I mean, this is just the yeah. first yeah, tiny step for both of these huge bills. And I'm not, you know, I haven't heard um, whether or not somebody 
intends to try and filibuster the thing. I mean, we know that Senator Hembry, Greg Hembry from Horry County, is opposed to the thing. Uh, he's a former uh, prosecutor, um, state prosecutor, and he's come out, you know, very strongly in an opposition to the bill. Yeah. You know, could he launch a filibuster of it at some point? It's certainly, certainly I mean, possible. it's certainly possible. Absolutely. Um, so that that's kind of what last week looked like. It was um, pretty low key as far as big um, issues went. But the Senate is, is kind of dug in on this for a while. So we'll be following it. We'll be listening. Um, as always, there was a bill that was in full 3M. 3M is House Medical, Military, Public and Municipal Affairs. That is that committee in the House. Um, Erica, you followed 3938, which is Representative Tedder's bill. Tell us about it dealing with inclusionary housing. Sure, Casey, and welcome to our other co-host over there at Scott's house. You heard her barking. Uh, House Bill 3938, that is Representative Dion Tedder's Inclusionary Housing Act, South Carolina Inclusionary Housing Act. This actually saw a subcommittee hearing at the end of last session. We were actually scheduled to testify in support, but were never called to do so. And so it got some traction um, last week uh, through full 3M committee, and we saw that uh, it was 24 hours in the House. So we will be watching and seeing what happens. We'll be up to speed, and we'll keep you up to date as well. And 24-hour pointed means that someone raised the point that the bill had not been on the calendar for the required 24 hours for it to be eligible for debate. So all that did was just uh, one. And, and the reason that happened is because it was put on the contested calendar when it came out of committee. And because the House hasn't had a whole lot on its calendar, it was able to get to the contested calendar much more quickly than normal. And just as a, as a matter of circumstance, 3938 was not on the, was not on the house calendar for 24 hours. And so it got, it got 24 hour pointed. So it'll be eligible for debate starting tomorrow and, uh, and we'll see what happens. And they're likely to get to it. If it, it's the only bill, I think on the contested calendar. That's probably as of right now. Be right. I think, right they, now. I think yeah. they they dealt with the other two, so I think it's the only bill on the contested calendar. And um, you know, the, and the house the house has been able to get through its calendar so quickly, so early in the year because there's just not much on it because there's not much coming out of committees yet. Right. And so getting through the calendar quickly while they're while they're in session on the floor allows them to go into committee meetings and start pushing product out onto the floor. So. Uh, you know, I would expect in another couple of weeks we'll have more things land on the calendar and they'll be spending a lot more time on the floor than they have the first couple of weeks. Well, and, you know, the um, the reason they do that is they change their times on Wednesdays during the month of January to later on on Wednesday afternoon. So the House Ways and Means subcommittees can meet to talk yep. about budget recommendations because they're trying to get all those budget recommendations to the full House Ways and Means Committee so they can start, you know, the budget process. So that's and kind of what, yeah. Full Ways and Means uh, budget week's coming up week after next, two weeks, middle of February. Is that right? Yeah. Something like Usually, that? Usually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's unless they've unless they've moved it around, they'll set the schedule, but then sometimes you know they got to slow it down or speed it up, yeah. right, Jenny? That's right. And, and Casey and Erica and Scott, I do want to go back real quick. Um, Erica brought up a good point um, when she said that Representative Hill signed a minority report. Um, you don't see that in the Senate, but you do see it occasionally in the House. And what that does is it, it automatically places a bill on the contested calendar. Um, so that kind of potentially would slow it down. In this one's case, it didn't just because, like Scott mentioned earlier, there wasn't a lot of things on the calendar. Um, but in my tenure as a staffer, a House staffer, I maybe had a House member sign a minority report two, three times at the most. So yeah, it's rarely it's used. Is that a rule in every House committee or just some? I can't remember. Uh, every House committee has them, and okay. and every committee is different. Um, so in my committee, my previous committee, the the motion had to be made before the adjournment of the committee, mm -hmm. and it had to be signed um, by the, the the person who made the motion for the minority report. And Casey, let's give our listener a a history lesson on the minority reports that used to take place in the Senate and why the Senate doesn't use those anymore. Well, the Senate can do the the Senate rules have changed. They they went for a long time for not they they didn't change for a very long time. Then they kind of changed a good bit over the last several years, but there is no need for a minority report in the in the Senate because when it comes out of committee and goes onto the calendar, a senator has an unlimited amount of times that he or she can put their name on a bill to put it, make it contested. And very rarely, unless it, their name is taken off of the bill, they remove their name from the bill, that the Senate will take it up. So unlike the House, the Senate normally skips over contested bills. Um, they they won't get to those bills um, unless they have decided that they are going to take up all the contested bills. In the House, they go in the order of the daily calendar. And once they get to those contested bills, buddy, they're rolling. Um, and if they've decided that they're going to clear the calendar, normally they do that before budget week. So they don't have a ton of bills on the calendar. Um, that's That's what they're working on. So if you look through the Senate calendar, the order of the day and what's on the bills that are on their, their kind of the daily agenda, I guess, that would relate to our members. There are bills and they will have a senator's last name on it. And some bills have one, some bills have two, some bills have four or five. Um, that just shows how many senators oppose that bill or object to that bill. Didn't senators at one point, though, have a limited number of objections yes. that they could put on? Yes, that so they is had correct. To, they had to be judicious that. in how they use that, but they've changed yes. that. Yep. They've changed that, though. Now it's unlimited. They can object right. to however many. Gotcha. And they, they changed that rule. They changed it to a limited number because there was a point in time where a senator could just say, you know what, I object to everything on the calendar. <laughs> yeah. And they would completely shut it down until his or her issue, you know, was debated. Yeah. So... It was a tactic, you know. They've gone back to that. I think um, they've they've got other ways. They're they're moving bills that every you know that it's not just one party or the other. It's just mm -hmm. the person um, that sponsored the bill that wants to get the bill passed. So, right. um, let's let's talk a little bit about tomorrow. Tomorrow is a big day. Tomorrow and Wednesday. Tomorrow is hometown legislative action day. Our first in person since 2020 which is exciting. And then Wednesday is Municipal Elected Officials Institute of Government, adva regular, advanced, and ACE, I think. 
Um, yes. But hometown legislative action day tomorrow, we are expecting a lot of people. Um, 400 we, and some odd, almost 475 attendees and staff will be we there. We have um, the mayor, the new mayor of Columbia, Daniel Rickenman, is going to offer a welcome um, to his city, to all of our participants. We have the secretary or the commissioner of agriculture, Hugh Weathers, is going to sing the national anthem, which is exciting. Um, we have our president, Kathy Pender. She's a council member from Rock Hill. She will be presiding over the meeting. And um, Scott, I want to highlight, we've got a lot of cool things. Erica, will you mention the um, two morning panels that you worked on, the law enforcement and the federal advocacy? Sure. Well, I'll start with federal advocacy. That's a area that we have really beefed up within the past year. And we're really excited to welcome two uh, federal staffers. We have Alyssa Richardson, who is coming down. She is Senator Tim Scott's Deputy Chief of Staff and South Carolina State Director. And she's going to give some perspective on how cities and towns can best interact with their congressional offices. And we also have David O'Neill, and he is a state director here. And he is going to also be talking about how cities and towns can interact with their congressional offices here on a state level, constituent services. And that is going to be moderated by uh, Mayor Rick Osmond of Aiken. And so we're excited about that conversation. I think it's going to be enlightening and educational. And then, David, David O'Neill's with Ralph Norman's office. That's right. That's right. And, and he's and a former mayor. He's a former mayor right. of TKK. That's right. And really excited when I was talking to him, he shared that there are a lot of misconceptions about what a constituent office is and what it does. And so he's going to shed some light on that. And then as many of our members know that we've been following law enforcement reform, there's House Bill 3050 that is currently in subcommittee over in the Senate. And we are excited to actually have lawmakers come and talk about law enforcement reform in the state of South Carolina. So we have Senator Shane Massey is going to be a part of that panel discussion, Representative Tommy Pope. Representative Chris Wooten, Representative Chandra Dillard is going to be speaking about that. Uh, and I think it's going to be a good discussion. It's going to really weigh heavily on what cities and towns can do to be a part of that discussion and how we can work together at the local and state level to foster uh, law enforcement reform. So I think it's going to be beneficial. And Erica, there's 3050, the law enforcement reform bill that started kind of in a different version in the House, but was amended and then passed by the House and sent to the Senate, that's kind of what they're going to focus on, right? Overall, law enforcement reform, we'll touch a little bit on 3050. We're hoping that and we're believing that it will get a subcommittee hearing. That subcommittee has been identified. It'll be chaired by Senator Sin, Sandy Sin, uh, Senators Malloy, Senator Kimson, Senator Matthews, Senator Adams, Senator Garrett, and Senator Gustafson will are all on that particular subcommittee but 3050 does a lot um, we talked about it at length on this podcast but just to remind our listeners what it does is it uh, gives the law enforcement training council the ability to promulgate minimum standards for law enforcement agencies to follow it adds failure to intervene to the definition of misconduct for our state and it lifts up a compliance division that will be responsible for not only pushing out minimum standards, but also looking and um, 
looking at everyone's minimum standards to make sure that they are in compliance every three years. So it's going to bring about some changes that we believe are healthy um, for our law enforcement agencies. And so keep your eyes and your ears out for that. We'll keep you up to speed on how that progresses through subcommittee. And once that gets a hearing, we'll let you know. Perfect. We've also got, um, we have another general session. Um, we've got EMEA graduation. And then we've got another general session about um, just the political outlook. We've got uh, Reagan Kelly. He is the communications um, and like policy director for the South Carolina Senate Republican Caucus. And Antoine Seawright, he has a consulting firm and he works for the Democratic Caucus. They're going to come and talk about um, just the political outlook, what's going on with redistricting, what does that look like on a national level, elections in 22, um, local agendas, like statewide agendas for Republicans and Democrats. So I think that'll be a fun conversation to kind of watch um, from a, I'm, I'm excited about that one from kind of a, an outsider perspective, watching how shockingly enough, everybody, Democrats and Republicans can get along. It can happen and they can work together. Um, which sometimes we see the worst of that, not the best of that, which I hope this will bring out the best. Um, Scott, I want you to touch on your friend, Matt, who is coming to talk about civility and government. Yes. Yeah, sp speaking of uh, conflict, uh, right. Matt Lehrman. Matt Lehrman is a, uh, is a widely known uh, speaker who has uh, addressed a number of different other state leagues across the country and comes highly recommended to us. He's going to do a talk entitled From Conflict to Conversation. And uh, this is something that is a part of an ongoing effort by the Municipal Association in 2022 and beyond uh, that our board of directors identified in, in its strategic planning session last fall, civility in government, civility in our society. And so Matt's gonna come and talk to our elected officials about how they can move from conflict to conversation within their communities and keep that conversation going in, in a civil in a civil way. So, uh, really excited about him coming. He's going to spend a good bit of time with us. I hope to get him on uh, into the studio and perhaps do a podcast recording with him. And uh, we may, you know, we may see him again at future meetings. But uh, he's coming to us from Arizona. Uh, so uh, he is, and of course, he, he travels all over the country. Uh, but he has a, an entire series of talks that he gives. He has a, a company, a website, a, a, a podcast, just like, or not just like ours, but he has a podcast. So <laughs> Probably not um, as high tech as ours, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, he's going to tell everybody about all of his uh, outlets when he gets here. But go ahead and look him up now, Matt Lehrman, L-E-H-R-M-A-N. Uh, he is, you can find him on the web and, and go to his website and, and learn more about him. But he'll be there in person and. It's going to be going to be a lot of fun. We've uh, we've got Harry Lightsey, the new Secretary of Commerce, as our luncheon speaker. We've got lots of good breakouts in the afternoon. You can go to the State House, but if you choose to stay at the hotel, you no longer have to sit around in the lobby. Um, we've got two breakout sessions about the census, and Joni, you've got some folks coming from Sled, I think, to talk about what law enforcement. What? Yes, so Adam Whitset, who is the general counsel with SLED, is coming to talk to everyone. Um, last year, the General Assembly passed Open Carry with Training Act. 
Um, they passed it in May, but it didn't go into effect till August 15th. And with that, there are some changes, um, and he's going to discuss what a police officer has the right to do under this current law, how they can approach someone who literally has a weapon holstered to their side that is openly you know, visible for everyone to see, um, and the things that they cannot do. Um, and with that law, there's changes for um, locals, uh, and the, he's going to discuss that. So during an event, um, local municipalities have the right to say this event cannot have an open carry um, on the premise. So he's going to talk about that and the signage requirements. Um, so I think it'll be a great um, session for those who who really are interested in seeing what what the new law will do for them. We've um, we've also got uh, the mayor's forum for all of our mayors, and then we've also Jeff Shacker, Charlie Barano will be hosting a um, like a roundtable discussion. Isn't that right, Scott? About gonna, just general yeah, be, technical assistant questions. Yeah, this is a a popular session that uh, we offer at the annual meeting, and uh, I think this is probably one of the first times that we've used it. Done this at HLAD, but it's basically an open mic. You come up and uh, try and stump the experts, the field <laughs> service managers, and uh, I think Eric Scheidel, our general counsel, is going to be in there as well. So, oh, try and try and stump those boys and see uh, see if you can teach them something. Uh, if not, they'll help school you up on uh, issues that you may be facing in your city or town. Um, after after all that learning, after all that education, after we have schooled you on everything possible, then we have a reception that night where we have invited um, all of the legislators to attend. We always do a taste of South Carolina, which is just South Carolina um, centric food and I just, a dance floor. What? I just call it food, Casey. Not drinks. No, I mean, in terms of the type of cuisine, it's, you know, barbecue. Um, what else do we have? We have, we have like a, a boiled peanut peanuts, hummus or something. Yeah, I mean, there's all, it's South Carolina food, but to us, it's just food, right? right? Casey, I need you to go back. Did you say there's a dance floor? What? Oh, yeah, girl, a dance floor, a DJ. <laughs> what, Erica, did you know about this? Nope, but I'm all the way there. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, it, we're going to have a great time. It ends at 7.30, but why should it end just at 7.30? We could just keep going. Well, listen, Teresa Mack from the uh, city of yes. Hartsville, um, Hartsville City Council, if she's there, she will be on the dance floor. I can promise you that. So, you know, and, it, you know that and if she, there's not any, even if there's not a dance floor, she will find one and create it. So. My Do you know? Lady. Yeah. You know that Teresa Mack, she wins awards for her dancing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. she does. And then what we encourage cities and towns to do, councils, is to take out their legislators to dinner um, and get some one-on-one -on -one time after the reception and, uh, and press the issues that are important to them to get going in the General Assembly. And there's the day. That's Tuesday, yes. That's, That's tomorrow. tomorrow. I, I listen, I, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great to be back together. Um, I don't know about... When, well, Wednesday is MEO. Not everybody that signed up at HLAD goes to MEO. Um, but if you are graduating with a certificate on Tuesday and you need the requirements Wednesday, you better show up. 
Yes, Eureka Floyd on our staff will not send to you your certificate of completion if you skip out on the last session that you have to complete. So, And you will not get a press release either. No, that's right. The coveted press release. The coveted press release. So you, you need to be there. If you're walking on Tuesday, you better be classing it on Wednesday. That's right. If you have any questions about Hometown Legislative Action Day tomorrow, buzz one of us. We're happy to go into more detail. There's lots of information on our website about the different sessions. Um, I believe we take on-site registration. Um, so walk in, pay, join us. I'm sure it'll we're, be a great day. Yeah, we're happy to always happy to take your money if you present it to us. Erica, Joni, any parting thoughts about last week at the General Assembly or this upcoming week? No, I just know we're, we're going to be in the weeds again this week. <laughs> you can't give it up, can you? I can't. Never gets old. Never gets old. <laughs> can't give it up. Joni, you can't. I'm just high on life. You can't. <laughs> You can't you can't burn that pun too often now. No, no. I mean, this is y'all. If you're not following Tom Davis on Twitter, you really should because he has different um, marijuana paraphernalia every day. Whether it's socks, well, not paraphernalia. You know what no, I mean. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. has socks. He's not bringing that to the Senate floor. He's just bringing stats and charts and socks and ties and socks and ties. I hope everybody has a great week this week. I hope I'll see you tomorrow at HLAD and give you an elbow bump or a fist bump with my mask on um, and my double vax and my booster. I hope you are going to do the same thing too. I just want to see your face, even if it's covered with a mask. I can't wait to see you in person and stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy and we will see you next week. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the Association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.